Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, December 15th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. If we could change one thing about Ohio State football, what would that be? We're, we're going to mention more than one thing. But we each have a main thing that we're going to mention, and we don't know what it is. I don't know what Jonah's is. He doesn't know what mine is. Uh, we'll flip to see who goes first. Actually, I'll, I'll just let Jonah decide. He's the guest. But before we do that, of course, I want to let you guys know about one of our sponsors, manscaped santa baby the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming have just launched launched their fifth generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year take care of your special snowflake with the lawnmower 5.0 ultra and watch your south pole shine like never before get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using the code bucknuts for 20% off plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all of your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BUCKNUTS. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. There you have it, my friends. All right. Let's bring in the one and only Mr. Jonah Booker. Jay Book. All right. Uh, I was going to flip to see who goes first, but I don't have a coin near me. Um, you decide. You want me to go first or you go first as far as the biggest thing we'd like to see changed for Ohio State football? Hey, by the way, uh, happy Friday, Dave, and good morning to you, man. It's always a pleasure hopping on here with uh, doing the button this morning, five on Friday. I'm going to let you go first today, sir. All right. I'm curious. I wonder if we're going to have uh, – it's going to be similar or, or vastly different. My thing is everyone getting on the same page. The one thing I would change is Ohio State, everybody getting on the same page. Ohio State is such a such a force when everybody's pulling in the same direction. There's a lot of examples. I, I think the best example is probably, especially in the recent past, would be the 2020 COVID situation. We had everybody at Ohio State pulling in the same direction there. And – you know, maybe it would have turned out the same, but I think Ohio State's power really helped uh, get that situation resolved and got us a 2020 Big Ten season. Um, stuff like NIL, you know, I'd love to see, you know, one NIL collective. I like to see the I know it's not going to happen, but like I'd like to see them come to come together, have everybody pulling in the same direction. The last thing we need is NIL's butting heads. We should all have the same goal. Everybody That's in Buckeye Nation should have the same goal. We should be pulling in the same direction. And it doesn't always feel that way. You know, we need the president on the same page as the athletic director. Whoever the new athletic director is going to be, 
The president and the AD need to be in lockstep on stuff. Um, football drives all of this. You know, Brian Day has got to be in lockstep with the AD, which I think he is with Gene um, and the president. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm just talking way too much, but everybody getting on the same page, everybody pulling in the same direction is the biggest thing I'd like to see changed. I, I will say this, Dave, and I tweeted it out yesterday. I think Ohio State has to evolve with the changing landscape of college football. I think the way that they go about how they are rotating players needs to be adjusted to what we're going to experience in an, uh, a Big Ten that's going to be vastly different. It's going to be a lot harder. Uh, and then you've got the 12-team playoffs coming around, Dave. You look at Ohio State and the way they go about their rotation. A couple years ago, you know, a lot of people made the argument that maybe Larry Johnson was rotating too much. And you and I made made the argument on here, you know, a couple years ago. It's not that Larry Johnson was rotating too much. It was situation awareness. If you're down inside the goal line against Michigan, why are you taking JT off the field for Javante Jean Baptiste? Those are type of the situation awareness that we complain about when it comes to the rotation. So for me, I want to, I want to see Ohio State because I don't think they can win a national championship, Dave, if they're having guys playing 70, 75 snaps a game. This is facts. I went and looked it up myself. In 2022, Dave, who and before I start this, who, who would you say we're chasing in college football right now? Well, definitely Alabama's been the king, you know, Georgia. Um, I hate to say it, but right now you'd have to say Michigan if you're being honest um, and yeah. not being a complete homer. So those would be the three. And I, I will say it. I put down Georgia, and this is these are these are factual numbers. In 2022, Dave, Georgia, they had 2,830 snaps that they gave to their true freshmen. Ohio State. 829. Now, what you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of people, Ohio State fans, say, hey, look at what we did with uh, Jermaine Matthews and Harford. We played our freshmen. Well, I went back, okay, in 2023, how many snaps did Georgia give their next wave of true freshmen? 2,010 snaps. Ohio State, 773. So over a two-year span, Georgia, who we are chasing, they recruit just as well as Ohio State does, even better, people can argue. They're coming off back-to-back -back national championships. They're playing in arguably the hardest conference in college football. In two years, they gave their freshmen, true freshmen, 4,847 snaps compared to Ohio State, 1,602 snaps. So you're talking about a difference of over 3,000 live game reps that the Georgia was able to allocate for their true freshmen. Now, you can't say, sit there and say, Ohio State is um, not giving – Ohio State is way better than Georgia as far as talent, so that's why you couldn't find guys uh, playing time. And it's not nitpicking, Larry. Um, we're just talking about overall as a team. In order for Ohio State to run the gauntlet of an advanced Big Ten – uh, expanded 12-team playoff, you're going to have to find a way to get guys to be fresh at the end of the season. You can't have dead legs 
with your wide receivers. You can't have defensive linemen who are out there 75 snaps and they're not giving you any type of production. In order to win uh, what the college football playoff is going to look like, you've got to be able to have a second and third wave of guys. If Georgia can find almost 5,000 snaps for their true freshmen over the last two years, Ohio State has to find a way to get more reps for their younger guys. Even in blowouts, Dave, you have to be able to get some of those younger guys reps because you're going to accelerate their growth. You're going to accelerate their progression. You're going to limit the wear and tear for your veterans. And if somebody goes down, boom, plug and play. You got a guy who's going to be ready to jump in there once the bullets are flying. By the way, breaking news. I always wondered why StreamYard, who does a great job, that's the service we use so we can broadcast live on Twitter slash X, Facebook, YouTube, all of that all in one. Um, they put it all up there live. But for some reason, only YouTubers and Facebook people could make the live comments until now. Now the uh, people watching on Twitter can also be part of the live chat. So I like that a lot. Um, yeah, man. I mean, geez. Another thing I'd like to see, this isn't wouldn't be a huge chance. The number one thing I said, everybody's got to be pulling in the right dire same direction at Ohio State, especially on big stuff. Everybody, you know, we don't have to agree on, on little stuff or you don't have to even like like each other, but like on the big stuff, everybody's got to be pulling together. Another thing I'd like to see, I'd like to see Coach Day or whoever's the head coach be a little more cutthroat. Take a page out of what Nick Saban's doing. I love that he hired Michigan's former linebackers <laughs> coach, who have, by the way, got fired so they could replace him with Chris Partridge. Who got fired? Um, whatever. I, 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 we'll see what happens with the NCAA. I maintain Michigan's going to get hammered. We shall see. But I'd like to see Ohio State be a little bit more cutthroat. Saban's the goat. Take a page out of his book. Yeah, and that's that's kind of um, for my second one, Dave. That's kind of along the lines that I was uh, thinking. And this is a long-winded one. So grab your coffee, sit back. It's story time. I a couple, you know, about two weeks ago. I was out running some errands, and Cardell Jones was on a podcast with former Penn State tight end Adam Brenneman, and they had excellent commentary back and forth. And one thing that Ohio State fans, that they always do, Dave, is they compare the culture at Ohio State now compared to what it was under Urban Meyer. Now, I preface this to say you can win – you know, every culture doesn't need to be hard-nosed. You can win with your different styles. And you want Ryan Day to implement his style within the program. That's why you're paying him $11 million. But I will say, when after what, two years ago, Dave, and I think you and I had Tyvis Powell on the spaces, and one of the things that he mentioned was how vastly different and lax the program was compared to under Urban Meyer. When they would go into the facility under Urban's regime, he said it felt like you were on pins and needles. Guys hated it. Now it's more, you know, it's more relaxed, more family friendly, um, more of a country club vibe. And that's not a knock on Ryan Day. This, that's just what he wants to portray. He wants to, what did he say? What was his model day? Lead with love. Um, love conquers all. Love conquers all. Yeah. Now, Cardell, now back to Cardell. He told the story. He said, under Urban, like that year that they, you know, made the run in 2014, 2015, he said, I didn't even know what time practice started. And the reason I didn't know why practice started, it was because when you go out there before practice, literally you had almost the entire team out there 
drenching in sweat. You had DB shadowing uh, wide receivers. The wide receivers was out there working on routes. The DBs aren't behind their back. They were going to work, working on their technique, working on their footwork, making sure that they're not grabbing. Offensive linemen, the tackles, they were out there kick blocking, going against one-on-one drills against your Joey Bosa's and, and some of those type of players. And he said it was just a full-blown thing, and that was the culture. The culture in the locker room within the veteran leadership there, it was, okay, if I need everybody out there on the field that are my All-Americans, you better believe that those freshmen were out there. Now, as a beat reporter, Dave, you've been to practice several times. Now, you, Marvin Harrison Jr. is known for being the guy that stays late after practice with the Monarch machine. Going to the beat, watching practices, how many times could you recall that you saw pretty much the whole team putting themselves, led by the players in the locker room, going through workouts pretty much before for practice and then after practice, a lot, you know, 15, 20 guys are staying after practice just getting after it, besides a Marvin. Emeka did too. Uh, you'd see like, the, you know, Emeka and, and those guys would get there. They would work before practice. They'd get there like, you know, late afternoon. They'd get some work in and then they'd go back and do whatever. And then they'd come out for practice and we'd get there for interviews, and then you'd see them getting in work after practice. The thing is, Jay Book, it's hard to get a really good gauge on it and compare it to, like, past years when we saw more practices because I'm going way back, Trestle era style and early Trestle era because we don't really get to see them practice very often. And when we do, except for maybe once or twice a year, it's, like, really limited to, like, they're not really playing football. Like, we don't get to see them scrimmage and stuff like that. But to answer your question – I don't think that's a huge issue from my vantage point. I could be wrong because I've noticed, man, I see a lot of guys getting in extra work is what I've noticed. Now, could more guys get in extra work? I'm sure everybody could like work a little bit harder. Yeah. Maybe not Marvin because he was all, like I said, all the time I'd see him before and after practice, like you're saying. You're saying other than Marvin. Emeka would be one. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, for all of his faults, Kyle McCord right. was a hard worker. I'd see McCord getting in extra work a lot. Um, and there's others. I'm sure I'm leaving guys out. You'd see Xavier Johnson out there a lot. So guys are definitely getting in extra work. It's well, just uh, yeah. I do uh, buy into what you're saying about the country yeah. club atmosphere. There is some of that. Go ahead. The, the, the point of it is when you look at those teams, the success of it, I think, was driven because of the player leadership in that locker room. So when you had those All-Americans out there grinding, putting in work, you saw they were lifting up those freshmen. You saw – those that leadership in the locker room. What's the one thing about the, the leadership now with Tommy and uh, with McCord, with Marvin? Those are those are soft spoken, you know, kind of quiet type of guys. You look at that locker room that you had under Urban. I think you have to find a balance when you're recruiting. Like that vocal leadership goes a long way, Dave. You look at your Curtis Grants, and he's going to be moving to Columbus. I would speaking of Curtis, I would love to see him around the program, your Curtis Grant, your JTs, um, your Tyvis Powell's, your Von Bells, the Bourne brothers, um, Taylor Deck, you just keep going down the line. You have so much energy and leadership that that fire, I felt like it burned hot, Dave. Now, when you look at this Ohio State program and you look at the talent that they're going up against in the Big Ten, they should be waxing these people. Everybody talks about Kyle McCord, you know, 11 and one quarterback. Ohio State as a program, the floor is 10 wins. 
they are so vastly superior to majority of these teams in the Big Ten when it comes to talent. You can roll anybody out there pretty much. And if you're, if as long as you're semi competent, you should win 10 games. Ohio State has to find a way to be aggressive, keep the foot on the throat, take people's lives, hit on the football field. When you're up, keep the pedal down, man. You're watching Antonio Pierce last night. They're up, what, 40, 42 to nothing on San Diego Chargers? The sideline reporter asked him, what, what's your response going to be the second half? What he says, keep the gas pedal down. And, and I, I love that type of mentality, Dave. And we thought we saw that in Ryan Day early on in his tenure. Aggressive. Um, you know, not afraid to roll the dice. When, you, when you're aggressive, the locker room follows. So to bring it all together, you look at the locker room right now, Dave. Is the locker room aggressive? Do you have those type of guys like your Curtis Grants, like, you know, like your vocal guys, your Tyvis and stuff, that's going to bring the fire out in this football team? When we watch these games, Dave, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're in a battle with Rutgers going into halftime. And you look at it, Rutgers has – uh, a fraction of the talent that Ohio State has. And, and you look at it and you say, okay, why? Why is that? Why aren't we just beating the brakes off these teams, getting some of these younger guys in there? So it, it, it ties back to being aggressive, like you said. Being aggressive, I think, as a program on the recruiting trail, on the NIL front, in-game, in the offseason, just having not, not worrying about hurting people's feelings because – you're willing to bring guys in from the transfer portal or you're oh, you're willing to over-recruit someone to bring them in to compete because I don't care if I hurt your feelings. This is big boy football. There's a chance the kid might be in the portal next year anyways. So as long as you're stacking talent and you're bringing guys in to compete at a high level, there shouldn't be any reason why we're concerned about players' feelings. Kids get cut from seventh grade sports. I mean, we cannot be worried about people's feelings at Ohio State football. You're absolutely right. And I used the Nick Saban example earlier. There's much better ones. I mean, he's just hiring this guy as an analyst. People, I know Ohio State hired, Ryan Day hired some Michigan coaches when he came in, you know, Madison and Washington. But those were like, you know, guys that he brought in for a couple of years. This is just an analyst for one game. I just think it's cutthroat by Saban to do that. I love it. The best example, obviously was when Nick Saban benched Jalen Hurts at halftime of the national championship game for true freshman Tua Tungavailoa. And Jalen Hurts had taken them to the national championship game the previous year. He benches him at halftime. They win the national championship. And Jalen Hurts, turns out he was a pretty good quarterback. It wasn't like he benched some scrub. You cannot be worried about hurting feelings. Even a great player like Jalen Hurts, Saban didn't worry about that, to your point. I mean, very you, look at Jay, you look at Jalen Milrow. He benched Jalen Milrow this year. Uh, and credit to Jalen Milrow, who came back and uh, is leading this team potentially to a national championship game because I think Alabama's going to uh, take it to this Michigan team. You give Nick Saban a month to prepare, he's going to have those boys ready to play, especially the way they're flying high after beating Georgia. But you look at – that's another point of aggression there. And we thought we saw that a lot in Ryan Day early on in this tenure, Dave. Like come, coming, coming off right off the backs of when he was hired – the transition from Urban Meyer, that was one thing that the Ohio State fans loved was like how aggressive he was. And as he kind of progressed into his tenure, you're starting to see a guy that's more conservative, um, a guy that's not willing to take risks as much like that. And I think that plays on to the football team, Dave. Like 
it, when we're watching the games, how many times did you see, you know, the team just absolutely fired up? You watched the Pac-12 championship game. Where was Michael Penix when Oregon was making their runs? He was out there on the sideline, rallies the entire team around him, and giving a fiery speech. Last year, when Ohio State was playing Michigan, in the shoe, Michigan, they were tasting, they felt blood in the water. They smelt it. What did you see? You see their defensive captain standing on the bench, rallying the defense around them, and said, let's go. The time is now. On the bench, rallying the troops. When have we seen that from Ohio State, Dave? When have we seen that fire, them dogs that's going to step up and, and, and really lead those team, lead the players, galvanize them? And that's why I, I heart back to the leadership in the locker room. You know, it, it, it's just something that I think that I don't know how you can go out and, you know, try to find that personality, but I feel like that's something that's been missing from the locker room over the last couple of years. Very well said, Jay Book. Stick with us. Jay Book and I are going to talk Ohio State's needs in the portal and just the portal in general in just a minute. I want to let you guys know about our other sponsor, Nuts.com. I mean, it's perfect, right? I mean, Manscaped, Nuts.com for buck nuts. I mean, come on. It's not lost on me, my friends. This is a really good deal, and I, you know, Nuts.com does a great job. Their stuff is really, really tasty. Do you wish you could go to Willy Wonka's Candy Factory? Well, since that's not exactly possible, let me introduce you to the online version of that, Nuts.com. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers, and more. Their wide selection means there is something for everyone. At Nuts.com, quality is a top priority. They roast their nuts and pop their corn the same day it ships, so they reach you deliciously fresh. Satisfaction is guaranteed. I love a bunch of their products like the half-pop popcorn, root beer barrels, roasted almonds, and more. My wife and daughters absolutely love it as well. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash bucknuts. So go check out all of the delicious options at nuts.com slash bucknuts. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com slash bucknuts. It would make for a very good and easy holiday gift. Boom, and you get a good deal. So there you go. Go to nuts.com, check it out. All right, portal needs. I mean, I, I, I got to put as my number one, it's got to be offensive tackle, in my opinion. I thought Simmons was solid, but I'd love to see them get a right tackle and ship for a fryer inside to guard and maybe have a competition with Tegra and Fryer for that starting spot. But both, I mean, hopefully Donovan Jackson comes back. Um, but I'd like to see them get, you know, an offensive tackle in the port. That'd be my number one need. Agree or disagree? I definitely agree, Dave. I think uh, definitely get another tackle. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting two more tackles, Dave, just to provide, you know, some depth, some guys that you could look at to potentially develop. It, here's the thing, Dave, where, where are we at? I mean, I think Donovan Jackson, he has an opportunity to come back, right? Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a junior. Donovan Jackson can yeah. come back, yeah. So, so, so I think Donovan Jackson played himself out of potentially being an early pick this year. Yep. I think it would be best for him to come back. If you can get Donovan Jackson back, I thought Simmons was very solid. I'm not sure if the right side is his natural spot, but as far as being a first-time left tackle, I thought he played uh, considerably well. 
Carson Hensman's only going to get better and stronger. That's the thing with him. He's, just, he's still a young pup, 19 years old. Um, he's going to get better with the life reps. He just needs to get stronger. I think Josh Fryer's natural position is at right guard. I think he can be uh, a lot better if he's on if he's boxed in there. So if you can get someone who can start right now at right tackle, this offensive line has the potential to be a lot better than what it was this year. But you got to be able to find a tackle. Now you have to look at the next wave of guys like Tegra, um, Luke Montgomery, those younger guys. It's going to be critical for them to develop and step their game up. And that's another thing, Dave. You know. A lot of people say, well, what about Tegra? What about Luke Montgomery? What about some of those younger guys? If you can get someone who's a plug-and-play tackle right now, it goes back to what we say. You can't worry about hurting feelings. We all think that Tegra, you know, Ohio guy, has the potential to be really good. We think Luke Montgomery is a guy that can be really good. Or are they ready for primetime football right now? I don't know that. It's going to be up to Justin Price to develop them. So if you can get a, a, a tackle that you can start right now, like like you did with Simmons, I think this offensive line has the potential to be a whole lot better than it was this year. Uh, I, I think the, the key is, I think Donovan Jackson definitely needs to come back um, because he needs to get stronger. Uh, we saw that last play that caused the common court interception against Michigan. Donovan Jackson got, got trucked right there, and that caused a rush. So if you can get him back and you, and you only lose Matthew Jones as your starting offensive lineman, then you have the potential to be really good next year. Absolutely. Uh, we don't need to go through every position. What would be number – so we agree offensive tackle will be number one on our wish list. What would be number two on your uh, Santa's wish list for the portal for the Buckeyes? Now you're probably looking at running back, Dave. Uh, I, th I think a critical piece is what Trevion Henderson's going to do because, uh, you know, the, the Lyles kid, he's going to be flipping to Miami. If if Henderson decides that he just, he wants to go to the NFL, you're looking at Dallin Hayden and uh, James Peoples, a true freshman who's going to be coming in there. The running back room is incredibly thin. And if you look at the way the running back injuries have piled up over the last several years, I mean, what? Last two years ago against Georgia, they were down to Mitch Rossi and Xavier as the running backs in, in a game that can potentially get you to the national championship. You look at last year, Trey Henderson has a history of injuries. He did he he was luckily enough healthy down the stretch there, but he missed a couple games this year. I just think that you'd probably need four, at least four solid running backs in that room. So I, I would definitely try to look in the portal to find someone who's going to be a potential um guy that's going to provide some debt or someone who's even going to potentially be a starter if he loses Henderson. Jay Book, my friend, we're uh, thinking along the same lines as usual. Number two on my list was running back. All right. I mean, number three, what are we thinking? D-tackle? I, uh, I, I was going to say linebacker. Linebacker? I was going to say linebacker. If you can get some uh, another veteran in there with some debt, um, because you definitely got to be able to play C.J. Hicks and Gabe Powers, if you don't play them this year, those guys are out the door. With the port with the way the portal goes right now, um, I don't see a lot of depth back there. So I would just I would just say getting a veteran linebacker in there is going to definitely help with that that depth in that room. Yeah, linebacker is interesting because like can they find anybody better than CJ Hicks, Gabe Powers, and Cody Simon? I would hope so. And even if you can't, you got to get depth in there and and somebody that can push those guys. And what if there's injuries? I agree. You got to get a linebacker. Um, they were fourth, that was fourth think, about it, think about it, Dave. Like, and it harks back to what I was saying, rotating. 
I mean, if you're up 40 points against Michigan State, why is Tommy and Steele still in the game? If you're up 30 points in the fourth quarter against Indiana, why is your starting rotation of linebackers in there? Now, we don't know what we got out of CJ and Gabe Powers is because those guys haven't played very much, and that was by the decision of the coaching staff, even when blowouts, those guys should have been on the field getting valuable lessons. Now here we are year three, of the, going into year three of those guys, Dave, and you still don't know what you have out of those younger guys because they weren't allowed the opportunity to go and make mistakes even when it was blowout time. I've had some people ask about Trey, and you brought it up. Um, I, I'm hearing Trey's probably going to come back. That's no sure thing that he got maybe around a fourth-round grade. Um, he's considered – he still could leave, but – and I buy into that because I think these guys are close, even though they're all playing for, you know, you know, trying to be the running back at Ohio State. A lot of time there can be friction. Pretty tight running back room, which is a credit to those young men and Tony Alford. My point is, my gut feeling, and you've been in college, you were a college football player. My gut feeling is Trey told guys like Chip, guys like Evan Pryor, who he's really close with, that he is coming back. And that's yeah. one of the reasons they left. I think if, if Chip thought that Trey wasn't coming back, Chip probably thought that the job is his. So for him to go to Kentucky leads me to believe he thinks Trey's coming back. But even with Trey, you got Trey Dallin. I I like James Peoples a lot as a true freshman. And running back is one of those positions, as we know, true freshmen can play. Um, But they got to get in, bring another running back in, no doubt about it. But do you you buy into my theory there a little bit that Trey probably told those guys? I do. I do because it doesn't make any sense if Trey's leaving for – Uh, Chip to leave because Chip has the potential to get a lot of carries here if Trey decided to opt to the NFL. So I definitely agree with your decision, uh, with your call there, Dave. Last thing real quick, I'll get you out of here on yours. I guess the one other position I think they definitely need to add just for depth is quarterback. Another Jebbia, maybe a better version of Jebbia. We didn't see Jebbia, so it's kind of hard to say. They need, because they're going to have, you know, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, true freshman Aaron Nolan, and they always wants four scholarship quarterbacks. So I look for them to get not a starting quarterback, but a depth piece at quarterback. Yep, I agree. All right, Dave. I think you're a spot on, man. Always a pleasure with you on Fridays, buddy. All right, man. We'll get you out of here. Thanks, Jay Book. Great stuff as always right. from Jonah Booker. Thanks to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Talk to you next week, bud. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.